Greetings, everyone. Welcome back, or welcome to Finishing Well, podcast for Finishing Well Ministries. Uh, this is the place we talk about how aging folks, and those are people who are 65 and older, uh, can live their lives well and, more importantly, finish their lives well. But if you're 65 or younger, we will say the same thing, how you can live and finish your life well. So welcome. Uh, I'm Randy Hess, and I'm glad to be here today with my good friend, Hal Habaker, who started Finishing Well Ministry several years ago. And uh, Hal, it's a good day today. It's a beautiful day here today. Uh, what do you got on your mind for Finishing Well today? Well, uh, I've got some good stuff in my mind, I think. But the first thing I want to say, you know, we're talking about our ideas, but I would love to know how our ideas interface with your ideas as our listeners hear and process what we're saying. I mean, it's, uh, I wish we were all in a room together, or I wish we all had faces together and we could see and interact together on whatever it is God has pressed us to, to, to lead with. So uh, share it with us. Mm-hmm. If there are topics you want to interact with us on, you send us the ideas. Yep. Send them to me at hal at finishingwellministries.org or uh, get back on our website. But we'd love to hear from you and love to interact with you. So one of the ideas I want to talk today about is an idea I, I simply would never have talked about 20 years ago as a pastor. I, I just, I don't know why I wouldn't have, but I would not have. Uh, it is... It's a very simple concept, the presence of older people in the Bible. You know, I I don't know that I ever paid attention much to that in seminary. I don't know that anybody ever pointed it out to me, but somewhere in my early latter years, you might say, and that was part of the aegis for Finishing Well Ministries, I, I became impressed with the value of older people around me and how they have poured their life into me. And then I noticed, not coincidentally, I think God had a purpose in all of this, the presence of older people in the Bible. So what we want to do in this podcast is just interact with the presence of older people in the scriptures and make a simple comment about them and what we have to learn from them, what they have to teach us. And process that. Uh, does that sound like a good plan, Randy? It does, and it sounds like a powerful one to me, Hal, because uh, you're going to talk about some people who who didn't just appear. They they made the difference for the rest of, e- you know, eternity in a way. They, they did, and they make a difference in our lives today as we reflect on them. Yep. So let's launch right in. Uh, the first one, uh, I think I have about eight of them on my list. Whether or not we'll get to them all, I don't know. But the first one is Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, we meet him at the uh, Genesis 12. Uh, do you remember, Randy, how old he was when he left, when God called him to leave Ur of the Chaldees? No, I don't. He was 75 years of age. I still have three years to go to reach 75. Of course, he lived a few well, decades. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, you start to think about that. Abraham's life, or Abram, as he was called then, first, uh, his whole life began for years in my awareness of him at age 75. His wife, I think, was 10 years younger. She was 65. And you see this patriarch 
being called by God to step out in faith in something totally new at 75. So, I mean, he had to leave his home and go to a whole new land. He didn't know where he was going. You know, I say, God, I don't know that my wife would do that at age 75. If I said this is what, well, it depends what your relationship with God is. But Abraham stepped out and God did something totally new in his life at 75. Now, for listeners who are 75 or we're in our 70s, I don't know what it is God's saying to you to do. I may be something new. It may be something, a new twist on life, whatever it is. But Abraham teaches us a lot. And then, of course, his greatest trial was the sacrifice of his son, Isaac. And by the way, Isaac was born when he was 100. And let's say Isaac was, God called him to sacrifice Isaac at age maybe 13, as a young teenager, maybe somewhere around there. Um, And, you know, your greatest test comes at age 113 or thereabouts in life. You know, so God works in our lives in these aging years, and he has as much to do in us in our aging years as he ever did in anything in our lives. I mean, that's one of the things I've learned. The more you think about it, the more impactful it really is that that God has his 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 thumb and fingerprints on me and my life and those around me, no matter what age I am. He's there. But I think part of our mission to finish well ministries is just encouraging people to wake up to the opportunities God gives us all, starting with you and me. Starting in our homes, wherever we're at, are we being awakened to the opportunities in our lives that God is presenting to us as we live for him? So let me give you a second one. Uh, I I love Joseph. You know, when Mm -hmm. I was younger, I loved his younger years. Uh, When he was a teenager, you know, he had his visions of God and, you know, his brothers didn't like him. And then he goes into those dark 13 years. You know, let's say he was 17 when he was sold into slavery, somewhere around there. So by the time he's 30, I mean, he spent 13 years in jail as a young man. But we meet him more later as God gave him this vision for saving Egypt and the Israelites. And he goes down to Egypt. And and let's say he finished his real productive years in saving Egypt and uh, the seven years of plenty, the seven years of famine. So he's now in his late forties. I want to say early fifties, he meets his family. They come down and he dies at 110. You'll see that in the end of Genesis. So what did he learn between those years of mid fifties, the early sixties and his 110th year? Uh, he has so much to teach us about his faith in God as he reflects on his life. You know, so I ask myself, I ask uh, my peers, I ask older people in church with me and our network of relationships, what does God want to do in our lives in our latter years? And if you look at Joseph, he is a testimony to God's faithfulness, and he offers hope more than anybody else, you might say, at age 110. He says in his closing lines in his life, hope in God. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose just like he had for me and learn from me in that process. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, it's just, just amazing. You learn. And Jacob, his father. 
Genesis 48 and 49, how he blesses his kids. I mean, we talk about in the sixth essential, you know, what do you do when the end of your life comes? You, you need to be prepared to bless your children, to bless your grandchildren, to be a blessing to those around you, the value of aging people in the Bible. So uh, let me give you uh, two more, and then we can reflect on their lives maybe for a second. Uh, you remember how old Moses was when God called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, he was uh, 80 years of age. He's five years older than Abraham was when God called him. Uh, of course, you remember his story, but Abraham, I mean, Moses, 40 years in the wilderness are tremendous years of learning, being faithful to God learning in prayer, learning about his family, learning about the children of Israel, learning about the heart of God. And of course, uh, God personally buries him at the end of his life. I mean, uh, that's a fascinating thing to about as well. And then let me talk about Joshua for a second. We meet him and then he was Moses' successor. You know, he started life as Moses understudy at age 40. You know, remember he and Caleb and the other 10 spies went to the promised land, and they learned the value of faith, and the other 10 were doomed to learning from the world around them. It's a fearful place to live. We can't trust God. I mean, that message will preach again and again by older people. Keep trusting God. And, Mo, and Abraham, Joshua, getting these people mixed up, he, for the next 30 years, again to 110, he illustrates the power of God through his life. Uh, you know, I think of... Uh, uh, Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18, two of my favorite verses on finishing well. Oh, God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds at my age. That's what Joshua did every day of those last 30 years. In fact, at the end of his life, he said to the children of Israel, choose you this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So here he is in his last year, giving a challenge to his family and the children of Israel to keep serving God. So here again, you have Joshua, Moses, Joseph, Abraham, and they, they, they're all in the book of the first six books of the Bible, the Genesis uh, through Deuteronomy and Joshua. You have these aging people who are influencing the, uh, the children of God. Does that make sense, Randy? It does. How does it impact you to think about the presence of aging people in the scriptures? I mean, if you had a your 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 pastor or whoever stood up and said a message to every aging person in, in the church, you have a critically important role to play. Look at all these people in the scriptures. And let me go on. I'll just mention these. Uh, Caleb was 85 when he, he said to his, his fellow uh, comrade, Joshua, give me this mountain, give me this hill. Naomi was a grandmother uh, born out of a lot of pain in her life. And she, you know, is, is an amazing woman uh, who guides Ruth and her experience. Uh, Daniel was in his late 80s by the time we end the book of Daniel. You know, he left Egypt as a uh, uh, somebody taken captive in his teenage years. So we watch him over the next seven decades almost, trusting God. I mean, what, what do you learn from that? 
John wrote his gospel in his 70s, maybe his 80s. He wrote the book of Revelation. He, he perhaps follows Jesus in his late 20s. So here he is, 60, 55, 60 years later, still following. What do you learn from that? What do you see? What do you value? Uh, and let me just make a quick comment. These people understood their mission. They understood why God had laid hold of them. Not really fully aware of what it meant when God first tapped them on the shoulder, but they grew in that. They always learned. They developed it. And I think they valued and enjoyed their place in life. They knew that God had a purpose for them, and they enjoyed that and lived it to the hilt, you might say. There isn't an exact pattern, is there, in the way uh, God used people and the age at which he begins to use people, is there? It, it but there are powerful results. Yes, they are. Um, you know, some get uh, get tapped uh, late in life. Uh, and, you know, the list goes on. I know how. But this list you've got is pretty, pretty meaningful. Some actually get... Uh, brought into uh, God's service early in life. But it shows the continuation of that use throughout the person's life. And uh, not letting go of it or not saying, okay, you're done, move on, but rather continued use of it. So... uh, you know, there isn't a necessary, I'm, now that you're past 65, you're fodder, so to speak, for God to tap you on the shoulder. Uh, but it does say that God wants people in their senior years, whether, whether brought into service, if you, if you want to call it that, earlier, or whether just starting right now, God wants you to be available. You know, God... God is wishing, hoping, and and counting on us to be available, is he not? Boy, is he ever. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, he has a purpose for whatever year you are in. I think you hit the nail on the head, Randy, when you just said, he's not finished with you at 65 or whatever. I mean, my point in bringing these aging people to our attention is that in every one of them, God uses them, maybe not only continually with Joseph, you know, when he was a teenager, we meet him, but he uses these people throughout their lives to the very end. Yes. So th- these are incredibly valuable years we have to live for God. Yes. Well, several you mentioned are 80 or older, Hal, when, when they actually start into the service. Um, so they're available. They've, 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 they have uh, in their lives tuned in to the Lord and uh, and open themselves up to the idea that the Lord does count on me or wants me to be available when when he is able to through the Holy Spirit to to influence me to do something or to to show me that I can do something you know and there's no one that illustrates that better in a sense than uh, the gospel writer John 
who wrote Revelation in his, say, early 90s or late 80s or there at that period. And in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, he says this, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. <laughs> so on Sunday, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, John received this critical message, the last vision in the book of the Bible. You know, so what older, I mean, what could you better say about an older person? I was in the spirit on Sunday when I went to church. I was in the spirit when I woke up on my 90th year. You know, yeah. I, the spirit leads me. He's leading me now. He wants to lead me and I'm paying attention with all that I have. What yep. a great example for us. Yeah. Well, my little example of that, or maybe <laughs> just a picture, I guess, how is that when we get out of the stands and come down on the field, we're getting in the spirit. We don't know where it's going to lead us. We do not know that we're going to even get some message, but we are on the field ready, listening, thinking, praying, uh, being open-minded, maybe even putting our antenna up a little bit to pick up signals, but whatever it is, we're, we're down there ready to play on the field, not sitting in the stands waiting for somebody else to do it. Hey, you're exactly right. I mean, uh, Romans 8, 14, the sons of God are those who are led by the spirit of God. So is being led by the spirit an age limiting issue? Or can I be led by the spirit in my eighties? Can I be led by the spirit of my seventies? Can I be led by the spirit of my sixties? Being a parent, being a grandparent, being a husband, being a wife, being a friend. How is the spirit using you? Exactly. You know, exactly. I as we reflect on this, uh, you know, I just think of the principle. God values older people. You know, and by the way, I just pick it up. Uh, Abraham is called the friend of God, and his relationship with God begins when he's 75. So you think about our latter years, our are we growing as friends? You remember Jesus in John 15 says, I've called you friends because I've told you everything is in my heart. I mean, these are the great years of friendship, friendship with God, friendship with your spouse. If God you know, has that person in your life, friendship with your kids, friendship with people around you. I, you know, just a couple of illustrations of aging people who have impact and I could go on forever. Uh, I love the book, Finishing Our Course with Joy, uh, written by J.I. Packer, who went to be with the Lord last year, the summer of 2020. Uh, he writes this book when he was 86, focused on finishing our course with joy. <laughs> One of the favorite words we talk about, Randy. We need to do a podcast on that. Yep. I, I just came across a book uh, two weeks ago from a friend of mine, a uh, pastor in Edinburgh, in the UK, uh, Derek Prim, uh, he wrote a book called A Good Old Age. He wrote it at the age of 86. <laughs> I just love this. I mean, the, 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 in our own neighborhood right here, Randy, we live in Dallas, Plano. Uh, Chuck Swindoll is going to turn 87 uh, next month. And he preaches and writes and leads his radio ministry in a strong way at 86 or 87. I mean, God has a plan for us. So we need to capture every one of our years for his honor and his glory. Does that make sense? It does. 
and we are saying that even if you are uh, retired, you're not working, Hal. You're not producing a, a book or a, a TV show or a sermon. Uh, we're saying that if you're sitting in your home watching TV, you can still tune into the Lord every day. You can still think about what is going on around you. You can still think about your family, can you not? You're, you, you can think about your grandkids. You may have great-grandkids. And in thinking about that, you keep your mind open. Lord, uh, I don't exactly see what I'm supposed to do here, maybe, but I'm praying that you will uh, show me the way, that you will give me insights on how I can be helpful to them. Or I might be thinking about friends that are hurting right now. I might be thinking about members of my church who uh, I care about and I want to help. But the point is, I'm thinking about other people. Uh, I'm not totally engrossed into myself or about myself, but I am thinking about how I can uh, reach out and make a difference, maybe in some way, for some other people in my life. And uh, I don't know, I may have not a real good idea about that, but the aging process, the, 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 the aging process in the way the Lord is showing us, it's his intention for it, is not to say that I shut that off, is it? Or shut that down because I've reached 65. It's to say I'm still open for business. And I will continue to be open for business till I take my last breath. That's what I hear and see in your examples, Hal, is a strong message that we are to keep ourselves open for business in the Lord's work. Couldn't have summarized it any better, Randy. It's just clear in the scriptures that God has a, he values older people. He is still calling older people to listen to him and be led by him. And to leave his mark through our lives in these critically important years. It's just a very valuable lesson and an encouragement for us uh, to run the last lap, as it were, to learn the last decade, uh, the last season of our lives. Uh, thanks, Randy, for partnering with me. Thanks for thinking with me. Thanks for helping me grow. Again, if this touches your life in some way, let us know about it. Write me, uh, get back to us, give us ideas that you want us to explore, and uh, we'll look for you again. Uh, contact us at finishingwellministries.org. Uh, if you want to hear these podcasts, finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast, and pass them on to other people if they're helpful for you. And, and look for ways that God is working in your life and in those around you in these aging years. And let's celebrate it. Thanks. May God bless you and have a blessed day.